0: Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, Wild Bird Expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to next of a number of podcasts, detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Every week we'll be looking at a different bird, and this week we'll be looking at a bird that can turn up in our gardens, but more often seen in our local ponds, lakes and rivers, and that is the wonderful mallard duck. Larger gardens with good-sized ponds are most likely to play host to mallards. But even smaller gardens may receive the odd visit. Strangely, your visitor is most likely to be a duckling. If you live near a village pond or gravel pit, you may look out of your window one day and notice a small ball of yellow fluff waddling its way across your lawn. Because duck mortality is so high, mallards have large broods, numbering up to 12 young. With so many to look after, the occasional duckling slips away and becomes temporarily lost. The key word here is temporarily. Should you find a duckling wandering by itself, the likelihood is that the parent is somewhere nearby. Female mallards are extremely well camouflaged when they keep low among the leaves, so it could be that you simply can't see her and that the two will soon catch up with each other. But if a long time passes and you can't hear the parents nearby, then the young might be really lost. Your local RSPCA or Swan Sanctuary can give you advice, and even take the bird if they're convinced it's become permanently separated from its parents. By parents we should say mother. The drake mallard takes no part in the upbringing of his young, and exhibits all the attributes of a wayward male. He'll watch carefully until the eggs are laid, to make sure no other male mates with his partner in the meantime, but once his progeny are settled in the nest, he'll wander off in search of another female. By the time the breeding season is over, he will have molted and his feathers looking temporarily lacklustre. He'll slope off and leave his various partners to get on with bringing up his families. Mallards are among the dabblers of the duck world. Unlike other ducks like Tufted Duck or Potchard, they do not dive, preferring to stay at the shallow end of the pond and upending themselves to search for food at the bottom. Adding to the extreme abundance, this makes them the most likely British duck to see in shallow garden ponds. Mallards are large ducks with hefty bodies, rounded heads and wide flat bills. Like many dabbling ducks, the body is long and the tail rides high out of the water, giving a blunt shape. In flight, their wings are broad and set back towards the rear. Male mallards have a dark, iridescent green head, bright yellow bill. The grey body is sandwiched between a brown breast and black rear. Females and juveniles are mottled brown, with orange and brown bills. Both sexes have a white-bordered blue spectrum patch on the wing. That's a mallard in its wild form, but the mallard is also genetic-based stock of almost all domestic ducks. And as such you are likely to encounter a lot of muddy mallards, one where various domestic breeds have been bred together, producing some fairly variable results. As I've already mentioned, mallards are dabbling ducks. They feed in the water by tipping forward and grazing on underwater plants. The expression, water off a duck's back, is a reminder of the waterproof qualities of the mallard's feathers. They're kept waterproof by regular application of oil from the preening gland. They almost never dive. They can be very tame, especially in villages, towns or city ponds, and often group together with other mallards. Mallards can live in almost any wetland habitat, natural or artificial. Look for them on lakes, ponds, marshes, rivers and coastal habitats, as well as city and suburban gardens. And maybe, if you have a reasonably large pond, your garden. The quintessential quack quack call is the sound of a female mallard. Females often give this call in a series of two to ten quacks that begin loudly and get softer. When courting she may give a paired form of this quack. The male does not quack, instead he gives a quiet reep call, particularly when alert, and a pew whistling during courtship. Ducklings make soft, shrill whistles when alarmed. Breeding may take place throughout the year, but usually occurs after March, but they can lay eggs as early as January. Though because of adverse weather, early ducklings are less likely to survive. Eight or nine eggs is the normal clutch, though it's not unknown for more than one duck to lay in the same nest, and a large brood of ducklings can result. The female pulls soft grey down from their breast to line the nest and carefully covers the eggs with the down when she leaves the nest to feed, usually at first light and early evening. Covering the eggs makes them less vulnerable to avian predators such as crows and gulls. Around twenty-eight days after they are laid, the eggs hatch into yellow or black ducklings, which the mother normally broods for about twenty-four hours to allow the ducklings to dry. When they leave the nest, they rather resemble outsized furry bumblebees. When hatched, they are still vulnerable to predation, with mink, otter and pike joining the avian predator band. A duck is lucky if all ducklings hatched survive to the flying stage. Also interestingly, regarding Mallard's nesting, scoring a duck in cricket reflects the fact that the O on the score sheet resembles the shape of a Mallard's egg. One of your first experiences feeding birds may have been as a child throwing some bread into the duck and swans at your local pond or nearby river. Although feeding bread to ducks may seem like a kind thing to do, and a great way of getting rid of some stale bread, it can actually be potentially dangerous to them. Bread and similar foods such as biscuits and cakes are a good source of carbohydrate, but they offer little else in the way of nutritional value for any birds, including waterfowl, like ducks, swans and geese. Bread is the equivalent of junk food for birds and, just as with humans, too much can lead to weight gain and malnutrition. If the duck pond is in a busy area, then the ducks could subsist almost solely on bread to feed them, which can lead to some serious dietary problems. Too many carbohydrates will eventually lead to obesity in birds and they become sluggish and may find it difficult to fly. It makes it harder for them to evade predators such as foxes and dogs and losing the ability to fly can also disrupt their natural migration patterns. Overfeeding duck spreads means their ducklings may become malnourished which can stunt their growth and development. A disorder known as angel wings in which the wings grow abnormally outwards is thought to be caused by a carbohydrate rich diet. Ducklings, cygnets and goslings will also not learn to forage for natural foods as sources of bread is so easy to come by. When ducks are fed too much bread, not all of it will be eaten and the leftovers will eventually go soggy and rotten, leading to a greater algae growth and can clog waterways. This concentrated pollution eventually eradicates fish and other pond life, which not only destroys the ecosystem, but also removes more of the duck's natural food sources. Mouldy bread can also cause a lung condition that is contracted from inhaling fungi spores. Common symptoms of this include gasping, listlessness and dehydration, and if not caught early or left untreated, is fatal to ducks and waterfowl. A carbohydrate-rich diet means ducks will defecate more, which is not only unpleasant, but the birds' faeces harbour bacteria responsible for a number of diseases, including avian botulism, which can wipe out an entire flock of birds. Although wild ducks and waterfowl will live longer, healthier lives, eating natural food such as aquatic plants, grasses and insects, If you want to feed ducks, there are many alternatives that are much more suitable and safer than bread. Some of these include grapes that have been de-seeded and cut into halves, frozen peas that have been defrosted, or good quality wild bird foods like Peter and Paul mealworm mix and Peter and Paul clean plate. But try to vary what you feed them, so they don't become reliant on one single food type. Alternatively, you could buy a food that has been specially formulated for waterfowl. Wild things, swan and duck food that we sell in our pets corner stores is a small dried nugget that stays afloat on the water. The benefit of the food floating is that it remains accessible to the bird for a longer period of time, so it is more likely to be eaten. It also helps to prevent pollution of the water caused by uneaten, decaying food that has sunk to the bottom. While things swan and duck food is much more nutritious than bread, it's also very tasty too. Widespread and common throughout Britain, the Mallard is absent only from the mountainous or very dry areas of the UK. The native population is supplemented in winter by immigrants from Iceland and Scandinavia, escaping harsh winter weather. The mallard population has declined moderately over the last 25 years, and so they have been added to the amber list of birds of conservation concern. This demonstrates that the survival of some of our most common water birds is under threat due to loss and degradation of their wetland habitats. All the more reason to feed them right. Whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after mallards and other birds by providing a wildlife friendly garden that includes water and having the very very best food available for them. Foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul wild bird foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at wwwpeter and hyphenpool.com or pop into one of our wonderful Pets Corner stores and the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk Well that's it from me, I hope you've enjoyed this look at mallard ducks. For further birds please continue to check out the stream and I look forward to speaking to you soon.